In reviewing the industry and ingenuity applied to food production over millennia, we have a chance to catch a glimpse of Australia as Aboriginals saw it. Many readers of the Explorer's journals see the hardships they endured and are enthralled by the finds of grassy plains, bountiful rivers and sites where great towns could be built. But by adjusting our perspective by only a few degrees, we see a vastly different world from the same window. The first colonists had their minds wrought by ideas of race and destiny, by the rumours heard as a child of the great British Empire. They were immersed in these stories as infants, and later, while marching into school to men of Harlech, standing to attention for God save the King, and pouring breathlessly over the stories of Horatio Nelson, the Christian Crusaders, King Arthur, Oliver Cromwell, and, of course, Captain James Cook. Europe was convinced that its superiority in science, economy, and religion directed its destiny. In particular, the British considered their successes in industry accorded their colonial ambition a natural authority that it was their duty to spread their version of civilization and the word of God to heathens. In return, they would capture the wealth of the colonized lands. Charles Darwin's theory of evolution was still to come, but the basis of it, the gradual ascent from beast to civilized man, dominated the psychology of Europe at the time. The first British visitors sailed to Australia contemplating what they were about to find, and innate superiority was the prism through which their new world was seen. When Darwin's theory was put forward, it gave comfort to those who believed it was their right and duty to occupy the empty land. As anthropologist Tony Barter commented, the basis of that view was historical. It held that the advance of civilization was a triumphal progress, morally justifiable and probably inevitable. When Darwin lent his great gifts and influence to making the disappearance of peoples natural as well as historical, his theory could serve as an ideological cover for policies abhorrent to his humanitarian and humanist principles. Darwin's fateful confusion of natural history and human history would be exploited fatally by others. Under the influence of these cultural certainties, how would it have been possible for the colonists not to believe that Englishmen were on the steepest ascent of human endeavour? How would it have been possible for them not to believe that the world was their entitlement and their possession of it ordained by their God? To understand how the European assumptions selectively filtered the information brought to them by the early explorers is to see how we came to have the history of the country we accept today. It is clear from their journals that few were here to marvel at a new civilization; They were here to replace it. Most were simply describing a landscape from which settlers could profit. Few bothered with the evidence of the existing economy, because they knew it was about to be subsumed. Skewed Views and Misconceptions
The following story serves as a good example of the power of these assumptions and the need for colonists to legitimise their presence in the colonial field. The Beveridge family had prospered on the colonial plains around Melbourne to the degree that a district was named after them. Once their wealth was consolidated, they decided to send a son, Peter, and his friend, James Kirby, to an area of the Murray River which had never seen European occupation. The young men drove 1,000 head of cattle from the outskirts of Melbourne to the Murray River in 1843. They came across some natives and Beveridge wrote in his diary that many of them had green boughs in their hands and after yabba yabba they began swinging the boughs over and round their heads and shouting, Kamathunga, Kamathunga. We, of course, did not know what their meaning was by these antics, but we guessed that by it they meant we were welcome to...